Introduction. This is a book about the heart of Christ. Who is he? Who is he really? This is most, or what is most natural to him? What ignites within him most immediately as he moves towards sinners and sufferers? What flows out most freely, most instinctively? Who is he? This book is written for the discouraged, the frustrated, the weary, the disenchanted, the cynical, the empty, those running on fumes, those whose Christian lives feel like constantly running up a descending escalator, those of us who find ourselves thinking, how could I mess up that bad again? It is for that increasing suspicion that God's patience with us is wearing thin. For those of us who know God's love, or for those of us who know God loves us but suspect we have deeply disappointed him, who have told others of the love of Christ yet wonder if, as for us, he has mild resentment, who wonder if we have shipwrecked our lives beyond what we can repair, who are convinced we've permanently diminished our usefulness to the Lord who have been swept off our feet by perplexing pain and are wondering how we can keep living under such numbing darkness, who look at our lives and know how to interpret the data only by concluding that God is fundamentally parsimonious. I don't know what that word means. It is written, in other words, for normal Christians. In short, it is for sinners and sufferers. How does Jesus feel about them? This may already raise some eyebrows. Are we overly humanizing Jesus, talking about his feelings this way? From another angle, how does the heart of Christ relate to the doctrine of the Trinity? Does Christ relate differently to us than the Father or the Spirit? Or are we already out of proportion if we ask what is most central to who Christ is? And how does his heart relate to his wrath? Yet again, how does Christ's heart fit with what we find in the Old Testament and that portrait of God? These questions are not only legitimate but necessary. So we will proceed with theological care. But the safest way to theological fidelity is sticking close to the biblical text and we are simply going to ask what the Bible says about the heart of Christ and consider the glory of his heart for our own up-and-down lives. But we are neither the first nor the smartest to read the Bible. Throughout the history of the church, God has raised up uniquely gifted and insightful teachers to walk the rest of us into the green pastures and still waters of who God is in Christ. One particularly concentrated period of history in which God provided penetrating Bible teachers was the 1600s England and the age of the Puritans. This book on Christ's heart would not exist if I had not stumbled upon the Puritans, and especially Thomas Goodwin. It is Goodwin more than anyone who has opened my eyes to who God is, or who God is in Christ, most naturally and easily. For fickle sinners, <clears throat> but Goodwin is, the, but Goodwin and the others raised in this book, such as Sibbs, Bunyan, 
uh, Sibs and Bunyan are channels, not sources. The Bible is the source. They're just showing us with particular clarity and insight what the Bible has been telling us all along about who God actually is. And so the strategy of this book will simply be to take either a a Bible passage or a bit of teaching from the Puritans or others and consider what is being said about the heart of God. We will consider the prophets Isaiah and Jeremiah, the apostles John and Paul, the Puritans Goodwin, Sibs, Bunyan, and Owens, um, and open ourselves up to what they tell us about the heart of God and the heart of Christ. The controlling question is, who is he? There will be a fairly natural progression throughout the book from chapter to chapter, though not so much as a logically building argument, but rather looking at the single diamond of Christ's heart from many different angles. It is one thing to ask what Christ has done, and there are many good books on this. Blah, 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 blah. We are not focusing centrally on what Christ has done. We are considering who he is. The two matters are bound up together and indeed interdependent, but they are distinct. They are different. The gospel offers us not only legal exoneration, inviolably precious truth, it also sweeps us into Christ's very heart. You might know that Christ died and rose again on your behalf to rinse you clean of all your sin. But do you know his deepest heart for you? Do you live with an awareness not only of his atoning work for your sinfulness, but also of his longing heart amid your sinfulness? Like, like do you live not only with the awareness that he died on the cross for your sin, but also of his heart even like in the midst of your sin. A wife may tell you much about her husband, his height, his eye color, eating habits, education, job, his best friend, hobbies, favorite sports team, etc. But what she can, or but what can she say to communicate his knowing gaze across the table over a dinner at their favorite restaurant? That look reflects years of ever-deepening friendship, thousands of conversations and arguments through which they have safely come, a time-ripened settling into the assurance of embrace, come what may. That glance that speaks in a moment his loving protection more clearly than a thousand words. In short, what can she say to communicate to another her husband's heart for her? It is one thing to describe what your husband says and does and looks like. It is something else, something deeper and more real, to describe his heart. And so it is with Christ. It is one thing to know the doctrines of the incarnation, his coming to earth, and the atonement, and a hundred other pieces of knowledge about what he did. It is another more searching matter to know his heart for you. I love you.